Well, this morning, obviously, we're going to talk about Mission Possible. And uh, I know you've all been anticipating this morning with great excitement. I'm not hearing a lot of amens, so maybe you weren't realizing that this is an opportunity for you. The, uh, this is an opportunity for us to serve. And I want to start, though, with a, with a little story. There, there was a missionary named John Bechtel, and uh, he wanted to start a camp in Hong Kong. Uh, there was a multi-million dollar hotel that had gone bankrupt in Conference Center, by the way, and, and he thought if that became available that maybe he could raise enough money to perhaps buy it and turn it into some sort of a camp and conference center. So John went all over the world trying to raise money to, to buy it, and, and the fundraising just became very discouraging to him. But when he came home from all of his travels, there was a little girl who had sent him a dollar in an envelope. And attached with a note saying, wanted to use this to buy the hotel. John took the dollar to the owners and they decided to let it go for a dollar. Since then, over a million people have come through the camp with over 100,000 people giving their lives to Christ. One dollar investment. Isn't that cool? One little investment. I share this story because uh, we often don't know what our small part can play in God's economy and what kind of return we're going to get on investment. So I want you to hold that thought as we go into this passage this morning in Matthew chapter 25. Join with me as we read it. It's a very familiar passage to a lot of you. It's about the parable of a talent. Remember, a parable is a kingdom principle that God wants to give us clarity on. And so he shares these parables in order for us to understand a little bit more like what kingdom is supposed to be like. So again, he's, again it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one, one talent, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I hid your talents in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money with the bankers and get maybe 0% interest, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
incredible story, incredible parable and story that really gives us a lot of kingdom principles to think about. We're going to give you eight of those this morning. So fasten your seatbelts. We're going to start with verse one. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Principle number one, everything we have is whose property? His property. There's not a single thing that we have in our lives that he has not given to us that's not already his. Not our house, not our clothes, not our back, not our food. All of that is his stuff. And we got to get that straight because we're just merely stewards of what he has given to us. Everything we have is his property. He's left us in charge with his property. We need to keep that in mind. Here's the second thought in verse 2. He says, To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his own ability. This is principle number two. God's expectations coincide with our capabilities. In other words, you see, God created us all uniquely different. And he knew from the very beginning when we were woven in our mother's womb what talents and abilities we would have. Each one of us has something to give. But I see here what Jesus is trying to say to us. He's saying, listen, you all have different capabilities. You all have different capacities. You all have different talents and abilities. And my expectations will not exceed what your capabilities are. I'm not going to give you more than what you can handle. Nor am I going to give you less than you can handle. So my expectations are right on the money. Exactly what I know, who you are, and how you're wired. And I'm going to give you those expectations based upon those capabilities. So nobody has an excuse. Verse 15. It says here that he went on a journey. He left. And then it says in verse 19, after a long time, the masters of those servants returned and settled their accounts. I want you to notice that he was gone for a long time. The master was gone for a long time. I, I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of guy that used to especially procrastinate a lot. And if you remember, uh, I don't know if you were like me in college, but when I had a term paper due at the end of the semester, I thought, I got 16 weeks. I don't, I don't have to worry about it for a long time. I don't even need to worry about this term paper. And then about 15 weeks in, I realized, oh, I got to get it done. So I'm out there cramming and pulling it off, right? You see, the longer sometimes we lack accountability, the more we can procrastinate and rationalize what God's really calling us to do. And we notice here that the master is gone for a long time. And so this principle number three is this. God doesn't micromanage our investments, but eventually will hold us accountable. See, the master leaves and he says, listen, I know what your capabilities are and these are my expectations. Invest. And he said, when I come back, I'm going to check up on you. But I'm not going to sit there and micromanage you. You've got to take responsibility for your talents and your abilities and use them and somehow faithfully invest them. So God doesn't micromanage our investments, but eventually will hold us all accountable. Someday, folks, we're going to be standing before the Lord and he's going to ask us, how did you invest your talents for the kingdom. And maybe it's so far off, we don't realize how God wants us to do that and do it quickly because the other guys didn't hesitate. That's why we see in verses 16 and 17, it says, the man who had received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. They did it at once. They didn't hesitate. See, faithful servants do not hesitate investing what talents they have. A lot of times we hesitate offering our talents and abilities and our treasures. 
And we delay in that. And the longer we delay, the harder it is for us to really get involved and really make something happen for God's kingdom. So at once, these two guys invested immediately. But it says in verse 18, but the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Principle number five here is when we refuse to invest, we miss opportunities. If, if, if we don't use our time, talents, and treasures, we're going to miss all kinds of wonderful opportunities God wants to give us. There's nothing better than, than, than investing in opportunities for the kingdom. We, we just came off of an incredible weekend here at Cornerstone. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was a fruitful weekend. And I remember when we came to our staff meeting on, on Tuesday morning, Clovis had just said, you know, we, we really believe that God has taken pleasure in what we've done. It was well done over the weekend. And we saw 15 people respond to Christ and probably many more. There's nothing better than to invest our talents that we do have. There's nothing better than to be used by God. Nothing better in life. So when we refuse to invest, we miss opportunities. And I thought about this for a while and I thought, why do we fail to invest? What's the problem? Well, the first reason I think is that sometimes we're just plain selfish. We want to do things our way and we want to hoard sort of our time, talents, and treasures. And we don't want to be generous. We don't want to go out there and serve. And so consequently, it's a matter of just stubbornness and and pride and selfishness. And for, for some of us, we fail to do that simply because it's been more about us than it is about the kingdom. But secondly, there's another reason. I I think some of us maybe just are a little ignorant of what our talents are. Sometimes we we, we just kind of are blinded to our own self-worth. So consequently, we're not sure what our gifts are. We're not sure whether we should jump in here in this area or that area because we're just not sure whether we really have the stuff to really pull it off. So sometimes it's just ignorance. Thirdly, sometimes we don't think our contribution will amount to anything. So we feel like, you know, I have so little to offer. It really doesn't matter. It's not going to make much difference. Well, I don't care who we are. God's wired us. And if even if he gave us one talent, he expects us to invest it, not hide it. And so sometimes we think that I don't have uh, as, as great a talent as this person. I, I can't sing like Jamie or, or Benny. I, 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 can't, I can't teach like that person. I, I can't do those kinds of things. And therefore, I refuse to really get involved. And yet, when Scripture tells us that we're all part of this body, and we're all parts of this body, the eyes, the hands, the ears, the nose, all those pieces have to fit together, and we can't live without one of those. So sometimes we just don't think our contribution amounts to anything. The fourth reason why we don't invest is because we're just simply fear. We're fear of failing. You know, here's a a guy that was just so afraid of of, of investing his talent and losing it. He knew his master was going to be pretty exacting when he came back to hold him accountable. And he just got scared and he buried it. And for some of you this morning, a lot of the reason why you've not got involved and not being able to serve and not do a lot of kingdom work is because you just are afraid. You're afraid that you're going to blow it. You're going to fail. And then finally, the fifth reason, I think, is that we just haven't been challenged to invest, which is what we're going to do a little bit later, okay? We just haven't been challenged. We haven't been pushed. We haven't been motivated. We haven't been urged. And sometimes some of us just need a good kick in the pants or a two-by-four upside the head and say, you've got something to offer. Why aren't you doing it? Let's get involved. Let's serve. Let's build the kingdom. Well, we now know the master returns, right, in the story. Now the master returns and he starts settling up his accounts. And each servant gives a report. And two of them said, here's what we've done. We've invested it for you, God. And, and, and we've doubled it. And what does he say? 
He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He, he didn't say, wow, you doubled your investment. How cool is that, man? The bottom line looks pretty good for us right now. That's not what he said. He said, well done what? Thou good and faithful servant. He's not looking necessarily for the bottom line. We're the ones that look for the bottom lines, right? This is where our culture is. He's looking for faithfulness. And so principle number six is he's not looking for how much, just how well. Maybe you feel like your contribution isn't that much, but he's not looking for how, how much. He's looking for you. Are you faithful with what you do have? That's what he's looking for. So he says, well done, good and faithful servant. There was a difference, however. There was a, a third guy, as you know. And he tells him in verse 23, those that have been faithful, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. It's really exciting because the more you give, the more he seems to respond and encourage us. And so principle number seven here is that God wants us to be faithful with little things. You know, sometimes we, we, we feel like that some of the things that we do are not terribly important. But it's those little things that God is looking at saying, if you've been faithful with that, I'm going to give you more to handle. So be faithful with the little stuff in your life. Little talents matter. Little, little treasures matter. A little time invested matters to the Lord. He wants us to be faithful with what we have, just even if it's a little. But now the, the third guy in verse 25 said, I was afraid and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. And, and so what does Jesus tell him? He says, take the talent and give it to the other guys. And so I, I call this principle, either use it or lose it. Now, the point I want to make here is he doesn't lose the talent in terms of the spiritual side of this kingdom principle, but he's losing what? The opportunity. See, we, these are missed opportunities that we lose if we don't invest. And somebody else gets the blessing of, of serving instead of you. You know, it's, it's so fun. You know, and sometimes we sit back and, and we observe and we see all these people getting blessed and being encouraged because they've been faithful and they're investing their time, talents, and treasures. And we sit back and we think, oh, you know, I wish I could do that. Get on board. Either use it or you lose the opportunity. That's what that guy lost. He lost the opportunity. And sometimes we lose those opportunities. Jesus said to him, you wicked and lazy slave. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. Um, if I can say this without offending anybody, I think there's a lot of lazy servants in the church. And, and because of that, the church is not making the kind of kingdom impact it needs to make in the community and around the world. Either you lose it, use it, or lose it. The bottom line is this, God has left us here on this planet to invest the talents and resources for his kingdom. That's why we're here. That's one of the main purposes of us being here on this planet is to invest our time, talent, and resources, all of that for his kingdom and not for our own. Amen? That was lame, but we'll take it, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to give you a chance here this morning to take this sermon and apply it. You know, they always say when you preach a sermon that maybe only 5 to 10% of the people in the church actually apply it. Well, we're going to hold you accountable this morning. Aren't you excited? 
Here's what we're going to do. Now we're going to give you a defined mission impossible because I want you to understand that we're going to give you an opportunity to really take this sermon and absolutely apply it in your small groups, okay? Now, if you're not in a small group, you're going to miss out on this. So I encourage you, if you're not in a small group, either get connected to somebody that's in a small group and get involved with them or go sign up for a small group because we've got an exciting opportunity for you available. Here's what we're going to do. A number of years ago, in my own church back in Phoenix, I had this crazy idea of calling it a kingdom assignment. And I preached a message on the parable of the talents. And at the end of that sermon, I said to the church, I said, you know, if anybody wants to uh, sign up for a mission, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I want you to, if you want to step out in faith and sign up for a mission, I want you to come forward after the service and we're going to give you an envelope. So after the service, a hundred people came forward and they got an envelope and inside the envelope was 50 bucks. And we said, the church is giving you $50. We want you to go out and we want you to invest that $50. And when you invest that $50, I want you to multiply it as best that you can. I want you to be faithful with it. And I want you to give it away, not to the church. I want you to give it away to whatever ministry, charity, whatever you'd like to do. And I want you to tell your story back to the church. And they did. And we multiplied that 50, the $5,000 that we handed out to 100 people, we multiplied it to $57,000 at the end of those six weeks. And it was so fun to celebrate what God had done. And all the ingenuity and the creativity that went into that was just so exciting to see how they were going to somehow serve the community and serve other people who had really uh, serious needs in the community. And so we're going to do the same thing at Cornerstone this morning. The elders have declared this the year of serving those who serve. And because one of our four corners is to serve. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give out $100 to each small group leader. So there's 26 small groups. So the church is willing to give $2,600 distributed amongst 26 small groups. And we're going to ask those small groups to take six weeks to come up with some ingenuity, creativity, and entrepreneurship. And just be praying as to how, number one, we can invest that and make that grow. And then also how we can give that away and be able to tell that story of who we gave it away to. Does that make sense? Now, it's really been fun. Uh, There's a great story that I read this past week that I was going to use in the sermon, and I decided not to, and now I've decided to use it anyways, okay? There was a guy, this is a true story, who had a red paper clip. And he thought, I'm going to put it on Craigslist, and I'm going to trade up for something. So he trades this paper clip for a pen, a a rocket kind of pen. It looks like a rocket ship. And he thought, well, I'm going to put that on Craigslist. So he put that on Craigslist, and somebody traded him for a porcelain doorknob that came off of an antique building. And he began to trade up and trade up. He got traded up and he got, a, a, I think it was a snowmobile or a jet ski at some point. By the time he was done trading up, I don't know how long it took. I think it was over a year. He had a completely paid for house in Canada. It's crazy. I know. I remember we uh, used to do this with kids in our youth group. We used to uh, go on bigger and better hunts. Have you ever done that? And we went from door to door and uh, we, we would stop at the first place and say, we have a pencil. Do you have something bigger and better that you would like to donate to our, our, our mission, to our, cha- our charity or whatever we were raising money for? And they say, yeah, I've got, I've got an old vacuum cleaner in the house. So they throw them a vacuum cleaner. Well, they take the vacuum cleaner to the next house. Pretty soon we had one group come home with a car. The car didn't run, but it was still salvageable, right? 
I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to use some ingenuity and creativity in the way that you can do this. We had some groups uh, do garage sales, which we're trying to discourage a little bit because we have the Zambia trip coming up in our big church garage sale. But there were bake sales and car washes and different in- ingenious ways that they multiplied their money. Now, one of the things that I want to encourage you to think about if you're in your small groups is that we're going to talk about sweat equity because there are a lot of things that we can do to multiply that $100 in terms of our own labor, right? Because it's our time talents and treasures. So if there's a particular person that you have a burden for in the community that really needs some serious help, and it may be labor. And so you take your small group over to that and you spend a couple of days or weekends helping that person doing labor. Well, you can count that as your investment so that those hours can be counted up. And we would take even a minimum wage for those hours can really mount up to something really exciting, right? I mean, if you had 10 people out there working in somebody's house and yard doing a complete makeover, whatever you want to do with that home, and they work 10 hours a piece, that's, a, that's over, what, 100 hours? At $8 an hour, let's say minimum wage, so you're at, uh, what, $800? Now you've multiplied the $100 to $800. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it could be sweat equity. It could be multiplying the money. What I don't want you to do, what we, what we don't want you to do, is to be like the third guy, and we wait till the very last minute, and we decide, uh-oh, we haven't figured out anything, so we'll all just chip in 50 bucks, and we'll write a check, and, and we'll just give it away. That's not serving. I mean, well, that's being a little generous, but that's not really serving. What we'd like to see you do is serve the community somehow, some way. Our goal, our mission here at Cornerstone is to let the community know that we care about people in this community. We care about ministries. We care about some of the charities that are going on in this community. And it can be a ministry. It may not be a specific spiritual ministry. It might be set free. It might be Yavapai Gospel Mission. It might be Crisis Pregnancy Center, but it may not be. It may be some rehab place. It may be something else that you decide to do. And it could be even worldwide. But we're primarily focusing on the Quad City area. So think about that. Pray about that. We're hoping that what's going to do with your group, your small group, is help you galvanize together, put your talents and your thinking caps on and your creativity involved, and really have fun with this. And we're going to give you six weeks to do this, okay? And what we would ask you to do in those six weeks, too, is to maybe do a little journal, Maybe a little video journal or a, can- or a picture journal so that we can help when at the end of six weeks, we can start celebrating from Sunday to Sunday by putting up what some of you done and where some of that money has gone. And we can just kind of celebrate how fun it is to build the kingdom. Amen. Y'all excited? Yeah. Wow. Good. I think. Um, so this is really a, a great opportunity for us, folks. And uh, sometimes we don't get a chance to take a sermon and absolutely apply it, not only theoretically or individually, but as an opportunity. And so we're going to have accountability. Frank, Pastor Frank, is going to kind of ride herd in all of this, a small groups leader, and uh, he'll get you that $100 to your small group. And you need to begin thinking already of what you would like to do. I got a little jump start in our small group on Thursday. We cheated a little bit because I told them what we were going to do. And so we got our group all fired up and ready to go. So we're all excited about how we're going to raise our money and what we're going to do with it. And so I'm going to just tell you that one of the things that we're going to do, I'm going to just give you an idea right right here. Um, uh, the Stoddards are in our small group. And um, Sue just got done you know, having her mom go through rehab. Some of you know that. And they go to these rehab centers. And you realize that these rooms are dark and dreary and dreary. You know, they're not very enjoyable to be in. So we're going to help decorate some of the rehab rooms in the rehab center. 
And, and I'm not going to tell you how we're going to raise the money because that's a secret. And um, so we're going to go rob a bank is what we're going to do. <laughs> um, but we're, we're going to raise some money and then we're going to have uh, pictures made and we're going to do some decorating in these rooms to really cheer them up for people who are in rehab because it's so depressing to be in some of these rehab centers. So anyways, that's what we're going to do. And it's going to be fun for us. We're all excited about it in our small group. And I'm hoping that you will begin to just kind of have a lot of fun with this and then we're going to sit back and just rejoice and see how God's serving the community through Cornerstone Church. You ready for all of that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this parable that reminds us again that we're all called to serve. That's our mission. You've said that we are to be servants who do things well. And God, we want to do this well. We, we want this church to really be known as a church that really cares about Prescott and Prescott Valley and Chino and Humboldt and Dewey and the surrounding communities and even around the world. God, we want, we want to invest. And as a church, we want to be generous to the community. And so, God, I pray that you would just do an incredible thing here at Cornerstone in the next six weeks, <clears throat> that you would just multiply beyond our belief. If we could turn a paperclip into a house, what an incredible opportunity it could be. So God, I, I pray that each one of us would really take on this opportunity seriously, be excited about it, and like the two servants, get on it right away. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www prescottcornerstone.com.